Life. Hello and welcome to the Life After Now podcast. I'm your host, Liz Balsoni. I'm a communication studies major at St. Catherine University in St. Paul, Minnesota. This podcast is a place for young people like you to gather information about education and to think about what it means for your life after now. You'll be able to connect with inspirational guests who have firsthand experience and expertise surrounding education in Minnesota. So today I want to introduce to you all my good friend Uzo Ungu, a dual study program student at Harvard University and Berkeley School of Music about turning her passions into a career. Uzo, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So before we dive in, um, I know your high school self and, you know, if you, <laughs> I, I know you do too. If you have any advice for high school Uzo, words of affirmation, uh, positive vibes to send her, what would you say? Yeah, I think if I could talk to high school Uzo, I would probably tell her to lean into her intuition and just trust herself a little bit more. I think I there was a lot of self-doubt in regards to art and my passions and pursuing a career that actually made me happy. And I think I wish someone would have told me to just trust myself and to trust my ideas and to trust my creativity because I've grown to learn that my ideas and my creativity is good enough and there's nothing that needs to change in order for me to be successful. Everything I have is already within me. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So I introduced you as a dual student, um, or dual program student. Can you share with our listeners what that means? Yeah. So basically I am part of the Harvard Berkeley dual degree program. I'm a full-time Harvard student, but then I actually also take classes at Berkeley along with my Harvard classes. And so what that looks like is pre-COVID, I would have taken the bus to Berkeley on a specific day of the week and take classes. But during COVID, when everything was remote, I would just have, you know, different Zooms for my Berkeley classes, different Zooms for my Harvard classes. And the way the program is structured is after four years at Harvard, you'll be taking Berkeley classes throughout those four years. And then once you've graduated from Harvard, you spend one additional year at one of Berkeley's master's programs to get your master's degree in arts slash music. You're already planned that far ahead. That is so exciting. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, so you didn't start college out as an art major. You were originally going to study anthropology. And what changed your mind? What set you on that path? Yeah, it's interesting because when I was applying to colleges and applying with a major, I had no idea what I wanted to study. And, and I just clinged on to anthropology because I just felt like it was such a versatile major. And I felt like there was so much I could do within that major. Like you, you can pursue art with an anthropology degree. And it also satisfied my parents because you could pursue, uh, you could go to medical school with an anthropology degree, even though I had Mm -hmm. no desire to go to medical school. It was the most, it was the safest, um, major choice that would satisfy both myself and my parents. But then when it came around time to actually declaring a concentration or major Harvard's just extra, when it came time (laughs) to declaring a major, um, I just didn't, I didn't want to pursue something that I wasn't completely in love with. And I took an anthropology class my sophomore fall and we declared majors at the end of sophomore fall. And I loved the professor so much and I loved the class, but it's just, I knew that that wasn't what I wanted to be spending all of my academic time doing. And so I talked to some of my friends who were in the art, film and visual studies department, which is what I was considering concentrating in. 
And I kind of asked them, like, guys, I need your help. How do I determine, like, is this what I want to study? How did you guys figure out this is what you wanted to study? And it was through those conversations that really helped me realize that I want to pursue my academic time at Harvard, you know, building my skills as an artist, building my skills as a filmmaker. I want to pursue what I'm passionate about because I also had this weird relationship with my major coming into college because I thought, for some reason, I just thought I had to prove myself and I had to prove my intellect. And I thought that by studying art or music or something creative, I was unable to prove that I was intelligent. And I think that was just a really unfortunate mindset that I had for so long and that I can be smart and study whatever I want. And I, and at the end of the day, I don't need to prove myself to anyone. So I think getting over that idea of needing to prove myself and also just trusting that I was making the right decision pursuing my passion just really helped me kind of pivot and ultimately made me feel like I made the right choice when it came to declaring that major. So clearly you're a really artistic, creative person, and I and so many other people love your creations. So has art always been a passion um, for you, or is it something you discovered, something that you kind of developed along the way? Yeah, so I've honestly always been an incredibly creative person. When I was in elementary school, we had like these compliment booklets, and one of the reoccurring compliments that my classmates would give me was, I like your drawings, I like your art. And so all throughout like elementary school, middle school, high school, I was always creating something. Like in elementary school, I won this comic book contest, um, or it was like a comic panel basically illustrating like fire safety. I wrote a song to help me remember vocabulary words. I illustrated a short picture book as part of a class. And like, I was just always creating something. And I always loved doing creative projects in school as well. But I think as I got older, I started to believe that art was only something I could pursue on the side or as a hobby. So it was never something that I really fully invested myself into and actually really tried to get better at. It was just something that I just, you know, I liked it. And so I would do it here and there, but I didn't invest as much time as I wish I did when I was younger. But then come freshman fall, at the end of freshman fall, I bought an iPad because I used to do digital art on my home computer, like late middle school, early high school, but eventually I stopped. And I always joked that like buying the iPad was like the best decision I ever made freshman year. Because once I bought that iPad and once I started drawing again, I realized that this is something that I love doing. And I think it reignited my passion for visual art and for digital art. And ever since then, I've been really investing in growing as an artist, getting better as an artist. And so in a way, I have always been creative, but I also rediscovered my passion as I got older. So I know in high school, um, like you did a lot of art artistic extracurriculars, speech and debate, theater, um, choir, right? Mm -hmm. And how would you say that those translated um, into college or were you able to do some of those same things a lot of our listeners are going to be high schoolers who do the same things you did and are looking forward to continuing that or finding a new path, um, a new artistic outlet outside of their classes. Yeah. So thankfully at Harvard, there's a lot of really great creative communities. I was actually supposed to be in the production of Dreamgirls freshman spring, but then COVID happened and it didn't get to get put on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so there's a lot of like extracurricular theater opportunities. I actually even took a theater class my freshman fall Harvard does this thing called freshman seminars. And so that was my freshman seminar. It was this acting class, which I absolutely loved. Um, I'm in an acapella group, so I'm still singing. I'm actually the president. I'll be the president of that group next year, yes. which is really exciting. 
But yeah, I think a lot of a lot of colleges, you know, offer so many creative opportunities for their students. Um, so yeah, I'm very lucky that Harvard has so many different creative communities and opportunities for me to tap into. So you you spoke a little bit about how your your parents had wanted you to go into a different field than you are in now, and um, a lot of young people who are interested in pursuing the arts are often discouraged from doing that. So what do you have to say in response to that, or what can you do? To, what can you say to support our high school listeners who are in that similar situation? Yeah, I think a lot of people and media also doesn't help with this, but pushes this idea of the starving artist and almost. They try to convince you that if you pursue art, you will, you won't be successful, you won't make any money, you won't make it big. And I just think that's so interesting considering the fact that art exists everywhere in our products, in the products we design, in the media we consume, in the clothing we wear. And so I feel as though that it's it's misleading to keep telling children who have these incredible creative sparks that they won't make it, that they won't make money because... There are actually so many incredible, there's so many different ways you can make money as a creative. And I think that's another thing that people don't realize. I think when people think of artists, they only think of painters in museums, actors on the screen. But there's so many behind the scene ways as a creative to make money. There's so many different avenues. And I just think, um, I, I don't believe in the starving artist trope. I mean, even though it's obviously possible, there are people pursue their passion and they fail. Like that's just sometimes that happens. But I don't think that we should be telling kids that that's that's the most likely thing that'll happen if they pursue their art and if they pursue their passion. Because with the rise of social media, there's just so many different ways that creatives can make money from the content that they make online to starting independent projects. Money is the biggest issue that makes people dissuade young creatives from pursuing the arts. I'm like It's understandable, especially coming from people who come from low-income households and you want to pursue something that'll guarantee financial stability. And that I, I completely understand. But for me personally, I don't want to sacrifice what I love for money because I just think there's so much more than making like, I, I do hope at the end of the day, I make a lot of money from my art, but it's at the same time, it's like, I understand that there's more to life than making money doing things I don't like. And so the goal is to make money doing things I do like. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think there's just so, so, so many creative avenues to make money for young creatives that we just don't talk about enough. And there's, a, and I mean, that's a larger conversation that I won't really get into, but the idea that like, besides being a lawyer, doctor, engineer, Schools don't really tell us about other, uh, like, career paths that exist. Lucrative careers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, there is so much out there that people just don't know about. Yeah. Yeah, well said. You know, this episode is called Turning Passion into Career. That's what it's about. And you've you've been able to do that. You've been able to get on that path a little bit. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering what advice you have for high school students or even students who are in their first or second year of college and want to pursue a passion, make money, um, doing something that they love, like you said. So what are some practical tips, um, tips and tricks, things they can do to make that a reality? I think one super important thing is, you know, once you figure out what that passion is and what you want to pursue, find people in your field who are doing what you want to do. 
I think one of the hardest things for me about wanting to pursue art as a kid is that I didn't know any artists. I didn't know anybody who pursued creative careers. And so I had no idea how to get there. And for me, like, it's hard to visualize a career when I have no idea what the steps to take, what, what the steps are to get there. And so I think it is incredibly important to find people doing what you're doing to maybe like research, like, how did they get there? And what steps can I take to follow a similar path? Um, I think that's just incredibly important. And another reason that social media has been so helpful for me because I follow so many professional artists and I can see all the different ways that they made their careers as an artist. And so it gives me a better idea of like, okay, what can I do to follow a similar path to make sure that I can make money the same way that they are? Um, so that's definitely one piece of advice I have is just finding people doing what you're doing and finding established people doing what you're doing for one, um, but also connecting with people who are at your same level. So like your peers, your classmates and collaborating with them and talking with them because there's this whole idea of like horizontal networking. Not that every relationship needs to be a networking opportunity, but um, it can be useful when you, you know, tap into the creative community that's right around you because you're all on the same playing field. There's no hierarchy of like, oh, you're a celebrity and I need you to help me. Like we're helping each other. And so I think it's important um, to just tap into other creatives at your school. Like that is so important. Finding your creative, your creative community, finding people who can eventually become your collaborators um, is incredibly helpful. And then I think a third tip I would give is look into what resources and funding opportunities your school has to offer. Um, oh, one thing I do want to plug really quick for high school students. There's this program called Young Arts. I never did it, but a couple of my Harvard creative friends did it. And basically it's this arts program for young creatives and they pick like finalists and they fly them out to Miami to like share their creative um like talents with people. And it's for like musicians, for dancers, for theater kids, for visual artists, for all types of creatives. And so for any high schoolers looking to apply for a competition where they can share their creative work, definitely check out Young Arts. A couple of my friends have done it and loved it. I wish I knew about it sooner. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to plug that super quick. Going back into my last and final you know, practical tip is just seeing what funding opportunities are available. This is more so geared towards college students. I don't really know if there was like funding opportunities in high school, but nevertheless, looking into different opportunities that you can tap into both in high school and college, that'll allow you to exercise your creativity. That'll allow you to kind of just get your work out there because you never know, you know, who your next client could be, or you never know who will see your work and will want you to create something for them. So I think, um, I guess that's actually kind of a fourth point is don't be afraid to put your work out there. All of my freelance work that I've gotten has come because I've been consistently maintaining an online presence and sharing my work and connecting with creatives. And I know there sometimes people are scared of being vulnerable with their work and scared of sharing it and allowing people to critique it. But it is so valuable to put your work online and to put your work where people can see it and to you know build an audience of people and connect with people who enjoy your work because that's how you get work as an artist is when people who like your work see it and they'll be willing to pay you for it. Well, yeah. And while we're on the topic of social media, um, mm -hmm. do you, I would love for you to share maybe some examples of when you, your work got out there and I don't want to say it for you, but just like share with the, our listeners, um, you know, some opportunities you got and everyone 
got to access through social social media. And yeah, share a little bit about, about that. Yeah. So I think one of my so I started my art account right after I got my iPad, which was November 2019. Um, and I think my most rewarding slash fulfilling social media moment when it came to my artwork was the end of sophomore fall. I took an animation class and I created an animated short and I posted it on TikTok and Twitter and it went viral on both platforms, more so on Twitter than it did TikTok. But on Twitter, it reached almost a million views. It um, got seen by the director of Hair Love, Matthew Cherry, who's like an Oscar award winning director. And he followed me and he replied to the the um, the animation like I would love to work with you someday. And like that just blew my mind. But after that animation went viral, a few months later, I started getting emails and DMs from like companies asking me to make work for them. First one being um, Freeform. I was asked to make artwork for Gronish's new season. Um, then MTV reached out to me. They asked me to make artwork for their social media pages. And then Hulu reached out to me and asked me to make artwork for an upcoming movie, Billie Holiday versus the United States. And I genuinely feel like those three opportunities came not just for my animation going viral, but also because I already had a huge collection of work growing from my year of posting art online that people could look at and that people could see if they wanted to work with me. And so I think just being able to have like this online presence and this online platform made it so much easier for me to find and get work as a creative because it was so it was it's much more accessible for people to see my work and to hire me when I put it online for them to access. So you you mentioned earlier that there Art is very versatile, and there are so many different paths um, to study art. Um, for example, film, music, graphic design, visual arts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of different programs and schools that offer different opportunities to study art further. What do you suggest to high schoolers who want to choose a major in the arts or want to find a school that will provide an opportunity for them to pursue that? Yeah, so I guess I should start off by noting that when I was in high school, when I was a high school senior, this wasn't something I was thinking about because at the time, like I mentioned earlier, I wasn't thinking about, you know, majoring in art. L- looking back and thinking like, if I were to look for these things in a college, I definitely have a lot of things I would have kept in mind. Um, for example, I think determining if you want to study arts more generally, or if you have like a very specific focused art medium you want to study, like illustration, graphic design, animation, or if you're more so interested as art broadly. Um, I think it's important to look at, you know, what specific majors your school has to offer. For example, Harvard, I'm in the art, film, and visual studies department. So there's not a separate department for visual art and film. It's all, it's an all-encompassing department that covers all art-related things. And one thing that Harvard doesn't really have in their arts department is digital art related courses. So you won't really find classes on graphic design or illustration. A lot of the art there is, there's a lot of really great film classes and there's a lot of really great visual art classes that are like traditional forms of art making. So like painting, drawing, uh, printmaking. Um, And so if you are someone interested in digital art making, like graphic design, UX, UI design, illustration, you would want to look for schools that have either those specific programs or at least have those classes that you could take at that specific school. That's definitely something I would have kept in mind if I knew for certain I was coming to study something arts related. 
Um, and also just comparing programs, talking to students in those programs and getting their experiences. I find that super helpful. It's always been helpful for me to talk to people who are doing things that I want to do and seeing if it's something I would actually enjoy doing from their perspective and hearing their perspective. If you want to go to a liberal arts institution or if you want to go to an art school um, and doing research on both of those programs, I think is incredibly, incredibly beneficial. Yeah, yeah. Great advice. And so we know about your successes so far and we know that there are going to be successes in the future for you your passion with art and your career. Um, I don't want to overwhelm you, but just share what you're excited for in the future. (laughs) Yeah. So this summer I'm actually working as a research assistant for a short film. Um, This professor at Harvard is interested in making a, a short film called a short film centered around black women in American universities. And so I'm helping with pre-production for that short film. I'm also helping with pre-production for a documentary. I'm helping with some of the illustration they might need, which is super exciting. Um, and as for you know the next, next semester, I'm hoping to tap into the creative communities and the creative opportunities at Harvard a lot more and finding funding opportunities, applying for grants. And I'm also hoping to use this summer as a time to just create art, create as much art as I can and to continue to grow as an artist, as an animator, as a filmmaker, and just be able to connect with other creative people as well. Mm -hmm. Because I think so much great art comes out of collaboration. And so much of what's next for me is unknown. And I'm trying to be more, um, I'm trying to not worry too much about not knowing everything, because I'm someone who likes to know everything that's coming next. But I think I just have a good feeling that good things are coming. And so I'm just going to trust that great things will come. And I just know, I just know that to be true. And so, so much of what's next is unknown to me now, but I'm sure it'll reveal itself very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's really exciting. So we have one last wrap up question and it's about looking into the future for students in Minnesota right now. And I know you went to high school here. You, um, went through an education here and uh, the past year for the the country, but also for especially for students in Minnesota has um, has been challenging. And, you know, they're not just the pandemic and distance learning, but such immediate and broadcast instances of police violence and police killings. And, um, you know, that's just to name a couple. So I, I'm wondering what are your hopes for students who are in Minnesota right now, especially high schoolers? Uh, what parting words do you have uh, for, for our student listeners? Moving forward, I hope to see a world that cares about the well-being of other people and the well-being of all people, not just people who look like us, um, but all people from all walks of life. I think empathy is so important. Understanding and compassion and caring for your neighbor is is such an important and beautiful thing and i think that's why art is such an, is such a beautiful thing because it allows you to connect with people from all walks of life it allows you to understand their experiences from their perspective and so moving forward i hope that people can continue to be empath- empathetic can continue to care about others to care about themselves and can continue to just listen when they need to listen caring about people is what I hope for. I hope for a world where people care about other people. And and I hope for a world where people can use art as a means of showing that care, of 
of showing their perspectives, of connecting us all. Um, Because at the end of the day, we're all human, and I think we have more like than we do different. So those would be my parting words. Yeah, and a great way to tie in the arts. And I hope everyone is able to, you know, uh, connect parts of their life, their passion into social justice and what they find important. So thank you for that connection. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for sharing with our listeners and me a little bit about your story. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to give a quick shout out to our listeners. Thank you again for spending some time with us today. This podcast was brought to you by the Minnesota Office of Higher Education. Please dig into the resources we mentioned in this episode, which you can find in the show notes at our website, lifeafternowpodcast.mn.gov. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss any future episodes. Until next time, everyone, I'm Liz Bolsoni. Stay well, stay hopeful, and stay ready because you all are the future.